Welcome to Nose to Nose. And I'm Michael Kutza, the founder of the Chicago International Film Festival, and Gino Suarez is behind the camera. Hi, guys. And next time, next chapter, we're going to do one together about one of my favorite films. We'll talk about it in a second. As you know, I put together a book, which I'm still pushing, called Starstruck. I'm very excited about it, and I want to talk about a chapter of the book today. Uh, about a favorite subject of mine because uh, she changed my life. And her name was Elizabeth Morrison. It means nothing to you, I know that. But she was a 12-year-old girl in uh, Tampa, Florida, and all she wanted to be was a movie star. She drove her parents crazy, I'm gonna be a movie star no matter what. So she kept pushing this to her mother, father, and they finally couldn't stand the girl anymore because she was talented. She could sing, she could dance, she could act, and she was a kid. And she was obsessed with this whole thing. So the mother said, okay, I've got an uncle, an uncle in Chicago who works for the newspaper, later to be called the Chicago Tribune, then it was called the Examiner. And uh, calls the uncle, says, you gotta do me a favor. Get, get me a screen test, even if it's fake, get me a screen test with my daughter. I'll send her to Chicago. And then we could send that to Hollywood, get this thing out of her system. And the uncle agrees. She comes to Chicago, does a screen test over at the SNA Studios, which uh, still exists here in Chicago. And the reason you really need a screen test is because everything's black and white. But Colleen, your name's not Colleen yet, Elizabeth has one blue eye and one brown eye. And the question was, could she be photographed in black and white? So it comes out to be the same looking eyes. That was actually a, a consideration. Did the screen test, sends it to Hollywood, to D.W. Griffith and a few other friends. They think she's cute. They agree to take her on contract for a year, 50 bucks a week, just to shut her up and to shut the uncle up as a favor. So suddenly this favor is going to work, it seems. And the uncle says, well, and he was drunk. He was drunk at a bar with his friends. He said, well, we're sending Elizabeth out there. But you know, Morrison, if she's gonna be a star, Morrison is just too many letters for the marquee. So let's come up with a new name for her. This is a true story. And let's also get rid of this Elizabeth thing. Since she's so cute, let's make her an Irish Colleen. So she becomes Colleen. And Morrison's they shorten down to Moore and they make it Colleen Moore. So she's off to Hollywood with her grandmother as a chaperone to make a movie, or at least try to make a movie. Her eyes come out perfect, not one brown, one blue, they're, they're black and white. She makes her first film, and they love her. They love her, and they start making movies. And why is all this important to me? Because when I started the film festival, I'm introduced to the elder Colleen Moore, a widow here in Chicago, and she talks to me and tells me all about the days of working in silent movies. and. It's fascinating to have a chance to be with someone that age. I was only a kid, 22. And she's telling me about how she would make four films a year. And she, she was so good at it, she, and so smart, she was able to make two films at the same time at two different studios, which is unheard of. But she, 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 got, she got the knack of how to play the game and how to play with the studios. Now, Colleen always played the straight, relatively funny, charming little girl that falls in love, etc., etc. Now the reason uh, 
but she's so timely today is because this year you're going to see a new film called Babylon that comes out at Christmas by the guy that did La La Land, Damien um, Chevelle. Chazelle. Chazelle, sorry. Nice guy. Babylon is about basically Colleen Moore's counterpart, who is Clara Bow. See, Colleen played it straight. She was a flapper. She was not into the, she, the, the drugs, the, the prostitution, the whole thing of the flapper era, but her counterpart, Clara Bow, was. So in the new film, Babylon, it's all about the other flapper, not Colleen, but her girlfriend, Clara Bow. The drugs, the nonstop prostitution and naked, blah, blah, blah. It's three hours. It'll be, it'll be a hit. I'm sure it'll be a hit. But Colleen's story in real life is just as interesting as that in that she married at that, her early age. Um, and remember, she's, by now she's only, she's only about 16 or 17 years old in Hollywood and a star. She marries John McCormick, who's her agent and producer. And they make this great couple, and he realizes her talent, and he keeps getting her more new roles and new scripts, and she becomes a movie star. And she's the highest paid movie star in 1927, 28. She's about 18, 19 then, and she's getting so big, John McCormick is getting smaller. He's the producer, but she's a star, and he isn't anymore. And he starts drinking. And he's also a suicidal alcoholic, which is a, a problem for Colleen, because Colleen wants to get rid of him, but she can't because she feels, hey, he, he discovered me. Even though she really was discovered by a director named King Vidor, who she was continuing having an affair with. You know, things, are, things don't change much in life today or that back then. So John is jealous, John's a mess, Colleen's a star, and John decided, I got, I'm gonna kill you. I'm going to shove you out of a window in New York. This is in 1927, 28, at the Ambassador Hotel. And she's saved by her best friend, who happens to be in the room, a young friend of hers named Mervyn Leroy. Mervyn wasn't anybody yet, it was just her best buddy. He later becomes a big director, does a lot of big movies. In fact, he even did produce The Wizard of Oz. So he's, he's a big deal. he became a big deal, saved her life. So she puts poor John into rehab and it doesn't work. He gets out, tries to kill her again. This time she says, I gotta get a divorce. And he says, you can't get a divorce because you're, you're a good Catholic girl, Colleen Moore. She says, well, I'm going to get a divorce and you're out of here. So. This is a very familiar story because if you're listening to this story, you know it is the story of A Star is Born, which was written about Colleen Moore. Her best friend wrote What Price Hollywood and A Star is Born. So John, as in the movie, walks in the ocean to commit suicide, but he's saved by the next door neighbor and Colleen's rid of him. He does marry several more times, but he's still a drunk and she goes on to marry many more husbands. But she, she helped me start the festival. Now, Colleen was a silent film star, but sound was coming in. She, as big as she was, she decided to make the big step because she could sing, she could dance, she could do languages, and she had a voice that worked in film. 
So she started making sound films, and one of them was really very good, called The Power and the Glory, with Spencer Tracy, and she was terrific. She's an older, older woman now. And it was great that she made a second film, which was a flop. And then she said, you know, I think I'm gonna get out of this business. And she does, she leaves Hollywood, and she marries a rich socialite man in Chicago who happens to be a partner in Merrill Lynch. So what Colleen's second husband taught her was, you know, you're a very rich lady. And he started to work on all of her finances and made her realize she was a big deal. So when she's marrying suddenly the, one of the heads of Merrill Lynch, an investment company, she was, a, she was very savvy and it was a, it's a match made in heaven. So this is when I meet her and she helps me start the Chicago International Film Festival. But listening to Colleen's stories of Hollywood and manipulating the studios and being so young and making so many movies, I think she made about 40 or 50 films, but they're all gone, of course. I think only five have survived. The studios either threw them away, as they really didn't care, or they were lost in a fire. She claimed she gave most of them to the Museum of Modern Art, but they claim they know nothing about them. So she spent the rest of her life trying to find her movies, which was just sort of sad. She found a couple, I think there are, as I said, about five in release. But she was a great turning point in my life. Elizabeth Morrison, Colleen Moore. So it's all in the book. And thank you for letting me tell you this little story about this lady that changed my life. Thank you.